0: So our sermon series for Advent is called A Thrill of Hope. And so that title comes from a line in a hymn called O Holy Night. You may be familiar with it. And so that hymn has kind of been guiding us through these Four weeks of Advent as hope becomes brighter and clearer as we inch nearer to the birth of Christ. And I just want to note that I noticed that Ron is picking up on this theme because each of the Advent candles, the light is getting bigger with each week as we get closer to Advent. I don't know if that was intentional, but that's how I'm interpreting the art. (laughs) Right? Art's how you interpret it, right? Yeah, yeah. He says I'm right. Good. Gold star. So anyway, um, I was the one who actually kicked off this sermon series in the 8:15, 9:30, and 11 o'clock sanctuary, or yeah, the 8:15 and 11 o'clock sanctuary services and 9:30 in the fellowship center. So if you happen to be in any of those services, you know that I sung the first verse of "O Holy Night" in that service because it led. Itself very well into the sermon topic for the day and so as we're going into the third week of the sermon series It just so happens that I think the third verse of O holy night fits very well to the theme of transformation for this week And so what I've noticed in this service is whenever I like to sing a little bit you guys love to sing along with me So I have a lyric slide for all of us to sing together you don't have to feel pressured. You, you, don't, you don't have to sing along. I just, you know, have noticed and accommodate since you guys seem to like to sing along with me. But anyway. Wait, we gotta get a lot of air. This is a <laughs> this is a high one. Truly he taught us to love one another. His love. Is love and his gospel is peace. Change shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy in great. Number one, the next part is way up in the stratosphere, and I'm an alto, not a soprano. And number two, we have the rest of the sermon to get through. But you guys did good. Thank you for singing along with me. It's fun. But did you know, it's legend at least, that this third verse of O Holy Night is the reason why this hymn was even translated into English and brought to the Americas in the first place. So this hymn actually originates from France, but it was the American writer and abolitionist John Sullivan Dwight that was such a huge fan of of this verse in particular that in 1857 in his magazine, he published the English translation of O Holy Night for the very first time. So the hymn then became a very huge hit, and the rest, as they say, is history. But I love this third verse, too, not just because of the roots of justice that it has, but because of the story of transformation. Reminding us that God taught us, first and foremost, to love one another. That the law of God is love and the gospel that we preach should be peace. And that God can break the chains that bind us. We are all siblings in Christ Jesus and that in God's name oppression shall cease. I mean, that third verse honestly can preach all on its own. Because when we hear that, that's a transformation that we all crave. In our own lives and in our world, we crave that transformation. We look at our lives and we say, I want some of that. We look at the hate and injustice in our world and we say, we want some of that in our world too. But how do we get there? We know it's not instant. We know it's not easy, but we know we can get there with God's help. We do see a glimmer of hope in our scripture passage for today. Not a traditional one for Advent, but one that lends well to our theme of the day. Second Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. So then, from this point on, we won't recognize people by human standards. Even though we used to know Christ by human standards, that isn't how we know him now. So then, if anyone is in Christ, that person... ...is part of the new creation. The old things have gone away and look, new things have arrived. All of these new things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ... ...and who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ... ...not by counting people's sins against them. He had trusted us with this message of reconciliation... So we are ambassadors who represent Christ. God is negotiating you through us. We beg you as Christ's representatives, be reconciled to God. God caused the one who didn't know sin to be sin for our sake. So that through him we could become the righteousness of God. So this passage is a classical theological exposition for the Apostle Paul. If you look through his writings, he likes to write a lot lot like this, actually. But this one comes to us in a book called 2 Corinthians, or at least that we call 2 Corinthians. But what's interesting is that 2 Corinthians is actually the fourth letter to this same church that Paul wrote. We only have two letters in our Bible, the other two were lost to history, but that goes to show you how much this church needed help, (laughs) how much the church at Corinth quarreled with each other along the way, how much they were in need of this transformation to learn to get along with one another. So Paul in this passage is talking about the need for transformation on two levels, both made possible by Christ. Transformation on a personal level and transformation on a communal level. Christ came down at Christmas in a simple and a humble and an imperfect way. Not the way anyone would have expected. No grand entrance to a humble, unwed young couple taking refuge among some farm animals. The first announcements were made to some shepherds, some of the most basic and working class folks of the day. Jesus was visited by the Magi, wise men from an outside culture with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. It's not what we would expect of God. It subverts, it transforms everything we would expect to know of God. And then in the life and the ministry and the death and the resurrection of Christ, it changes everything even more. It transforms our lives. It transforms what it means to love. It lets us know that we are deeply valued and we are deeply loved by God. Christ came to bring us hope and joy and peace and love so that we might learn to live into those things to that hope and that joy and that peace and that love in our own lives as well that we might be transformed in such a way that we could fully live that life in our own lives that humility that drawing the circle wider that making peace with those on the outside the lifting up the humble and the lowly I found myself often summarizing the call of the Christian life in this simple way. To love God and to love others. Christ himself often said that was the greatest commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. And so the transformation that Christ offers us allows us to fully live into that call of loving God and loving others. To show radical love to the hurting and the brokenhearted. To show deep generosity to those that find themselves in need. To show care and concern for those in need. To be an advocate and the voice for those facing injustice. And we as Christians hold on to the radical and the countercultural and defiant hope that somehow... Some way, we can be a part of God's transformation of the world. We can be a part of that communal transformation by loving God and loving all. We can help bring God's communal reconciliation of the world that Paul is talking about in his scripture passage. In the passage, Paul is trying to remind the Corinthians that they must remember to follow that command to love God and to love others, to be reconciled to Christ if they are going to be reconciled and stay healthy in their Christian community. That the act of loving neighbor, the act of being reconciled with those that we don't see eye to eye with, the act of bringing the downtrodden or the outsider into the fold of the Christian community, those are acts, of reconciliation in Christ. They're tiny visions of what we call the kingdom of God. Life as God intends happening here on earth. And that's a call that we answer. It's a life that we live into. Not just during this Advent season. But during all seasons. We seek to bring that radical and that countercultural and that defiant hope. And love and light into a world that desperately needs it. A thrill of hope for a weary world that needs rejoicing. And so, in this Advent season, this upcoming Christmas season, it's a beautiful and wonderful opportunity to extend that love and that reconciliation and that transformation to others. Perhaps it means extending love and generosity and service to others. Maybe it means finding that way to volunteer or give this season. That way you can be a reflection of Christ's love. Maybe you do want to sponsor one of the children for called to serve farm workers. Maybe you want to serve as an usher or greeter for one of our Christmas services. Maybe an opportunity that we have today, you want to give blood for one blood, or look at the many other opportunities we have in your bulletin to find your way to take a small act that makes a huge difference. And this season also presents itself with a wonderful opportunity to invite someone to church. Church. In fact, if you have the opportunity today, Sights and Sounds is actually a great way to invite someone onto our campus to see and experience the love and warmth of our church who might not be ready for a traditional worship experience just quite yet. If you know someone who might be hurting this season in need of some hope and light and comfort, you could invite them to our blue Christmas service Whether that's coming in person or whether that's sharing the video of our online service when it is available. And again, Christmas Eve or Family Christmas Live, those are wonderful opportunities to invite someone to worship who has not been to church in a while, maybe ever. People are a little bit more open and a lot more used to receiving an invitation to church around Christmas Eve. And maybe it just means finding our ways to continue to be a light in our community. Continuing to extend abounding love where there seems to be hate. Providing to, continuing to provide care to the hurt and the downtrodden. Radical generosity like I know this church has done time and time again to those in need seeking to provide that transformation of the world because of the transformation that we're so thankful Christ has first provided to us. Christ came down at Christmas to give us many wonderful gifts to transform our lives and transform our world, love, joy, peace, and hope. And so may we take this season to defiantly hold on to these gifts, Defiantly let them transform our lives and confidently use them to transform our world. Will you pray with me? God of love, we thank you for the transforming love modeled in your Son, Jesus Christ. May we this day allow that love to be our guiding light and example. May it transform our lives, and may we be lights that transform our world. Amen. So as we prepare to go from this place, may we hear the benediction. May we know that when we look at what Christ did at Christmas, May we know that we are deeply loved. May we know that that love transforms us. And may that transformation be something that we share with the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.